This is episode 003, how to successfully navigate the impact of COVID-19 on the education system with Dr. Steve Gallen III. Welcome to Z-Rated Success, Z-Rated Success, the podcast to help educators and those who work with youth to help them succeed by standing out instead of fitting in. This, this is Z-Rated Success, and this is Nick ZZ. So we're going to dive right into it. I am so excited, super excited to have you on with us today, Dr. Gallen. And I appreciate all of the work that you have done and are doing in the community. And one big shout out to Dr. Cadeau for the connection, yes. uh, a good friend, a mutual friend of ours. And I wanted to just dive right into this today. I know I was going through your bio and I also watched this YouTube video. I don't remember the title of it, but it, you were talking about your upbringing, how you were in Liberty City, where you were not struggling in school, but your GPA was low, but you were able to get out of that circumstance, that situation there, turn things around for yourself, going to college and graduating magnum cum laude. And just an amazing story. But before we get into that, for those of you who do not know Dr. Steve Gallen, let me just give you just a quick overview And during the, perhaps the podcast, I'll give more details. So we're going to dive right into the story and the interview in just a minute. But Dr. Steve Gallen is the elected District 1 school board member and vice chair for Miami-Dade County Schools and is a lifelong educator who started his career as a classroom teacher. He has taught at the elementary, middle, and senior high school levels. He then rose through the ranks as a professional educator and over the next 25 years, distinguished himself in the field of education, specifically in the area of supporting improved teaching, learning, and leadership in urban educational settings. He became an assistant principal, principal and administrative director of operations, alternative education for Miami-Dade County Public Schools, and superintendent of schools in the state of New Jersey. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So I'm just honored to have you here. And I want us to just dive right into this. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, for those who don't know you and those who perhaps know you as the, perhaps they knew you as the principal, they knew you as the superintendent back there in New Jersey. They know you today as the vice chair. But tell us a little bit about Dr. Steve Gallen. The evolution of Dr. Steve Gallen. Yeah, first of all, good evening. I, I want to um, thank you this evening for providing a platform to have a conversation around a critically important narrative that has been the love of my life, and that is education. I fell in love with education a long time ago, and it has never failed me. It stuck with me, and it's really provided the passport to my journey, to my success, and the journey that I still remain. But before I was Dr. Gallen, I was Steve Gallen, the third, the youngest of six children born and raised in Liberty City. We're not college graduates. My mother earned her high school diploma, rather her GED, at 45 years old at Dorsey. My father left this earth with an eighth grade education, but with a doctorate degree in wisdom. My brothers uh, that I shared a bedroom with eventually ended up in prison. And my parents split at a very young age, and I became a teenage father growing up in Liberty City and trying to navigate through what many believe 
was and continues to be the inevitability of, of black men, and that is prison poverty or an early death. Education was my salvation. It enabled me to overcome my struggles, and it really provided a great degree of intellectual, emotional, and social strength that carries me through to this particular day. Having been a classroom teacher, assistant principal, elementary principal, high school principal, district administrator, superintendent of schools, university professor of educational leadership, many of the high-level district administrators that served Miami-Dade County Public Schools were former students of mine at the graduate level. I was the youngest and still have the record of being the youngest principal in Miami-Dade County Public Schools history. I was a principal at 26 years old. Wow. And I earned my master's and my doctorate from FIU. Aside from that, I'm tremendously blessed and honored and humbled that God chose me, that God had mercy on me, and God gave me grace to be able to be simply a vessel to do his will and his work in terms of educating, edifying empowering and uplifting his people, starting with our children. As you indicated, I, I've been a superintendent. I came back to Miami in 2012 on the heels of the death of my mother. My father passed uh, years prior. And the community asked me to step back into the public space to serve, to serve a district that had the highest number of F schools, to serve a district that had the same more leadership for nine years to serve a district that had a school with five consecutive F's, to serve a district with the people who did not have a voice relative to economic and educational equity and parity. And I answered that call in 2016 with a decisive win with the support of the people of this community, the people of District 1, speaking of North Miami, Miami Gardens, Opelaka, and unincorporated uh, Miami-Dade County, to deliver not on the promises that I made in terms of academic and economic parity and achievement, but to go above the promise. Uh, first year, eliminated all F schools. Second year, we eliminated all D schools. And for the second consecutive year, we have no F or D schools. Wow. I've successfully proffered over 40 board items that have all passed, and they range from issues of ensuring that as we face this pandemic, that you're speaking to the author of the board item that ensured that in the event of a mandatory school closure back in 2017, I proffered this after Hurricane Irma, after feeding children in the most underserved communities, that our children would not go hungry in the event that schools closed. So the board unanimously supported that in 2017. And I was anticipating it being used for hurricanes, never for a pandemic. Definitely, I was very humbled and honored to be the first board member to proffer the board item to amplify and enhance teacher salaries. And that was done in 2018 in January, which led to the referendum that was passed by the voters that has now yielded an additional $850 plus million for educational compensation for our teachers and the security of our schools. I've addressed issues to ensure that we have Haitian Creole employees in schools that serve Haitian Creole students so that those parents and those family members can have someone that speaks to the parents in their language. And I've continuously addressed issues of academic performance and equity, ranging from innovative programs, and the list goes on and on and on. Just been tremendously honored to be a vessel, to be a conduit, and most recently, I was very, very proud that the board supported my item to affirm a plan to pay employees who are part-time and hourly during this school closure. So these are many of our most fragile employees, but again, God utilized me as a conduit to profit that item 
which received unanimous, well, not unanimous, eight to one support. I don't know how you can vote against our employees who are the most fragile, but eight to one support that item passed. And our employees can not worry about having to put food on the table and pay their bills as they have been tremendously faithful to the Miami-Dade County Public Schools. That's my, my narrative. That's my story. The journey continues. And again, I want to thank you this evening for providing me this platform. I'm not in my suit tonight. I'm in my cap, my hat on backwards. I'm in my home with my background. Going to be consistent. And um, again, we're going we're gonna to keep it, as we say, keep it 100. Well, that's awesome. That is, that's amazing. So, so I want to go back just a little bit here, back to how this transition took place, because I believe that there are many educators who are watching and listening to this, and also parents as well, who may have a young person, right, a a son or daughter that doesn't seem to be too promising, doesn't seem to have like a promising future because of perhaps their grades, perhaps their environment, their friends, and so on. Um, What would you say to them on how they can reach Steve Gallen, when Steve Gallen was in that place where you had the friends and you had your brother and so on who were involved in things that you knew you didn't want to get involved in, but you had all of this happening all around you. What advice, if you would, would you share with these educators as well as parents? Um, it starts with the foundation. I think we realizing a, an interesting phenomenon right now where parents are now compelled to be educators of their children. That is not and should not and should never have been a new phenomenon because we often know that parents are the first, the primary educators of their children. And I think that educational foundation, although my parents were not church-going individuals, they were obviously God-fearing, loving parents, but we didn't go to church every Sunday. What I had was the village. I had a, a man by the name of Deacon James Mobley who, after allowing us to learn the value of hard work and to sweat across our brow by cutting yards on a Saturday morning, he loaded the young men in the church, in the neighborhood, in the back of the same truck on a Sunday morning and took us to church. Where am I going? The foundation has to be led by something that is greater than than ourselves. If we don't know how to read, we don't know how to write, we don't know how to do mathematics, I think our young people need to know how to pray and they need to know who to pray to. So I think the foundation of God in my life early on, despite the fact that I was navigating through many of these challenges, and I must be very transparent, I was a complicit in many of the challenges that faced young black men in the urban core. So I was not innocent throughout my total adolescence by no stretch of the imagination. But God uh, had given me grace. He given me mercy. And he had a purpose for me to fulfill in my life. That was number one. So first of all, God first. God first. The foundation has to be there where young men understand that there is something greater than thyself. Secondly, I think our parents need to place a premium on, on education. And although I'm known for my suits and things of that nature and kind of have deviated today, I often say to young people, it's cool to be smart. It's cool to be smart. And I was able to be very affirmative in my position as it relates to valuing education, not being vulnerable to intimidation, to following the crowd, to bullying around those things that I knew had a long lasting value. So no matter what mistakes or missteps that I made, I always kept education at the forefront. And that is why when I did graduate, I only had a 2.7 grade point average. Didn't do a thousand on the SAT, but again, I stayed in school where my other friends dropped out, my other friends totally failed, but I kept my, my, my eye on the prize as it relates to education. And when I did, got an opportunity to go to FAMU, which was on probation. I was able to, at that particular point, kick the door in, graduated in three years, magna cum laude, was declared gifted, eventually got that 1300 on the SAT, 
when I had to get into another program. So it was not that I didn't have the capacity. I was just not in a position to really allow the greatness that God had invested and sold into my life to manifest itself during my nine through 12 years. So again, God first, education second, and thirdly, never, never, never give up. I was just sharing with a friend of mine. I did a post on Facebook. It was kind of ironic. It was a simple post, four words, four words. You will bounce back. And within 58 minutes, it was 100 plus likes of that statement. So I tried to utilize the challenges, the opportunities in my life's journey to be an inspiration to others. God has tremendously blessed me. I've had an opportunity to be on the mountaintop, but I found myself in some cases in the valley. But God is a God of second and third and fourth chances. And if you stay faithful, if you never give up, you will bounce back. So that's my message to parents. That's my message to young people, that no matter what the circumstances are, with God in your life first, with education being a priority second, and with you having a spirit of resiliency and commitment and dedication and never giving up and perseverance, you will bounce back. That's awesome. That is incredible. So moving on, let me ask you another question here about COVID-19, right? Yeah. How do you see education changing post-COVID-19? Oh, I think we've totally opened up Pandora's box relative to this whole notion, which quite frankly has been an antiquated notion. The theory X of education went back to the 1950s, which obviously embraced and continues to implement a factory model, one size fits all. I think with the burgeoning need for technology, with the blended model of education, with homeschooling, and not the typical one that was circumscribed to certain parents who had a certain uh, belief system. I think we've opened up parent doors box in a very positive way. So I think there will be some post-COVID-19 educational opportunities, some post-COVID-19 educational innovation, and quite frankly, at the state and, and national level, and obviously at the district level, we've started those conversations. I serve as a member of the executive board of the Florida School Boards Association, so I do have opportunities to be at the table with the Commissioner of Education, the Chancellor, and, and talking about those issues around the state that deal with education. I'm on the Vice Chair of the Council of Urban Boards of, of School, Vice Chair of the Urban Boards of Education, Q. That is a part of the National School Boards Association, and those conversations are being held at the national level. We have an opportunity, once we get through this particular challenge, to have some degree of triumph on the other side, and that triumph will come up with new opportunities, new possibilities, and new explorations around what education looks like. It is not a one-size-fits-all. It can be an opportunity for us to look at the school day, look at how we utilize technology, look at how we leverage parents, and really explore new avenues to educate, empower, and uplift our children and understand the differences that exist in different communities, in different zip codes, in different homes, with different parents, quite frankly, with different children. That's good to know. So quickly, the other question that I have is, and I know our time is very short here, so I respect your time, is little known facts about Dr. Gallen. You've shared a lot, but little known facts about Dr. Gallen. Little known facts. I love music. I can cook. Really? All right. Yeah, I can cook. <laughs> Let me see what's a private fact. I mean, everybody knows I'm pretty active. I work out all of the time. I played the piano coming up. I uh, had an opportunity to pursue as a child a, a career in acting. Actually, I performed in a play 
at the Ruth Foreman Theater over at FIU North, believe it or not. And that was in the late 70s. And the name of the play was called The Me Nobody Knows. And I had the role of a young black male, which is kind of prophetic, because that young black male was lost. He was wayward, and he was trying to find his way. Those are just some little-known facts. I love music, all kinds of music. I can cook, pretty good cook. And I initially had an exploration to pursue a track to become the Denzel Washington or Will Smith or, or one of those uh, great, great performers that we know. That's awesome. So do you see that in the near future, maybe? Um, near future no, acting? No, I totally debunked the, the possibility of acting because I've had to contend with real life. Uh, I, had <laughs> a, I had a shirt the other day on my birthday and it says based on real events. You know, and I also have a shirt. I have a lot of shirts that say a lot of things. And one of the shirts often I have that says, you read about it. I lived it. <laughs> my, life, my life has since a very young man. I started teaching when I was 20. I was a single father raising two children. So I really had a real, real tough transition even coming out of college. And but God, I was able to, again, uh, persevere, sacrifice and invest. Uh, a lot of people say sacrifice alone. I don't say that. I say we give up some things, but we invest in others. And I think it's not an either or, it's a both and. So I made sacrifices, but I also made an investment. And I invested in myself. I invested in my future. I invested in my children. I invested in my education. And, and thus far, that is something that I try to tell young people. They can take a whole lot of things away from you. But until the day I die, I'll be Dr. Gallon because I have an earned doctor degree. That's something I earned. That is something that belongs to me. I have a master's degree. That is something I've earned. That belongs to me. I have a bachelor's degree. That is something I've earned. That belongs to me. They can take away a job. They can take away a position. They can take a whole, but certain things that you own that belong to you is, is really an investment in yourself. It's an yes. investment in the future. It's an investment in your legacy. And God has given me not only the credentials, he's provided me an opportunity for over 30 years now with the experiences to go along with it. And I'm just humbled and honored to continue to serve the people of District 1, continue to serve the people of Miami-Dade County Public Schools, and continue to serve the people, those who mostly represent the least, the last, and the lost amongst us. Incredible, incredible. So how can we reach you? For those who are listening and who may want to follow, support, how can we do that? I'm all over social media. I, found, I saw you saw a YouTube video that came out. They're going to be doing a couple of documentaries. I think that was a snippet of a documentary, a docu-series that's coming out. They're also going to be doing a documentary that's being produced, and that's going to be in three parts, but that's going to be later down the road. Part one will be my, my childhood growing up in Liberty City. Part two will be my career in Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Part three will be my superintendency and my transition from the mountaintop to the valley and working my way back to the mountaintop of public service as a school board member. And so I'm excited about that because right now we have the capacity, unlike what has happened many times in our history as black people, we had to rely on other people to tell our stories. Right now we are able to tell our own stories. We're able to provide an opportunity to be heard and we have the platform and that's why I really salute you tonight because we're, we're controlling this narrative, not CNN, not Channel 7, not Channel 10. We're controlling the narrative in a very straightforward, transparent, and, and genuine way. So through social media, I have a strong following. I'm a very active. I have a YouTube channel, but again, at Doc Steve Gallon on Twitter, at Doc Steve Gallon on Twitter, Steve Gallon Third on Facebook, Dr. Steve Gallon Third on Facebook as well, on Instagram, the Dr. Gallon, T-H-E, 
Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R Gallon, the Dr. Gallon, because I believe that, that God makes us special. He makes us very unique. And I am the Dr. Gallon, the one and only. And I'm very honored and humbled <laughs> to be able to say that to you with a little tongue in cheek. There's only one. Very uncommon name. Very uncommon name. So there's not too many. Yes, it is. It is. That's great. That is great. And and I'm going to close with the line that you shared on that video. It's not where you start, but where you finish that matters. Absolutely. And you've proven that with your life. You've proven that with the work that you're doing. And everyone who's watching and listening to this recording will go out and support Dr. Gallen with all of his endeavors and how he's giving back and helping uh, the community. Keep up the great work. I love it. Love Thanks. it. Thank you. I appreciate you. And also you got the YouTube channel. So you're able to see that I have a YouTube channel. So my videos and that is available as well. And I don't only utilize social media as a static mechanism. It's a dynamic mechanism, meaning I don't just put the messages out. I'm always looking to communicate with my friends and my stakeholders and my constituents and any one who may even be on the opposite side of an issue, because I think not only through communicating, do we grow and get better, but more importantly, we grow and get better through listening. That's awesome. Thank you again for coming on the show. If you've received value from today's podcast, make sure to subscribe and visit ZratedSuccess.com for more tips and strategies that will help you stand out instead of fit in. Reminding you today to unleash your zebra. Unleash your zebra.